Next on BYU Sports Nation, we're going on record our 2017 season projections for BYU football from win totals to sack leaders. No turning back in Studio B. We go two-on-one with linebacker Fred Warner. Who replaces the production of Francis Bernard, and how will he lead this team as a captain? Plus, live with the LSU sideline reporter and Hollywood's early prediction for the BYU-LSU showdown, who is Waddell? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Happy Friday. Parties here on the West Coast, kind of. BYU Sports Nation is live. I don't see a beat. Day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. August 18th, an important date, because August 18th is the last Friday of the offseason until after March. When yeah, you talk baby. about BYU sports. Oh, well, if you talk all sports, it goes even longer. But if you talk football, men's basketball, the next in one week from today, it's like game day tomorrow. Shooting off the confetti. We're at Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the show. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Game week next week. Wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who I would put on the Mount Rushmore of Copper Hills High School, Jerem Jordan. I don't know. We've had a Super Bowl champ. That's probably, you know. And? Uh, Ronnie Jones Perry <laughs> on the volleyball team. Keep going. And other important people. <laughs> You're not in the top four, man. Probably not. No. You're not in the top no. four? No. When you place 50 I just want to be in the state and cross country, yeah. and you're a co host of BYU Sports Nation. I d- you're in the discussion, Those right? Those are about equal. <laughs> Those two things. Okay. I'm not close on Northridge High School's Mount Rush. Oh, yeah, you're not even close. You're but right. you, you have a case, man, so let's make it. That was a shot at my high school. Speaking of Mount Rushmore, BYU 50 in South Dakota today. Okay. I'm assuming Mount Rushmore's involved. If it's not, that's a huge mistake. Just I'm, David Almodova, I'm just saying, if you don't do Rushmore, what? Come At on. least have Mount Rushmore in the background somewhere. Photoshopped even? Come on, whatever. Anyway. I, it's pretty big, so like you could put it in a number of areas and still see Mount Rushmore, right? Well, like Mount Rushmore and the Statue of Liberty, like smaller than you thought. You're like, oh, okay. That's still awesome. Whatever. Just find a way, BYU Athletic Marketing, <laughs> to make it happen. No pressure. What else is a prominent? What's the number two most visible uh, icon in the state of South Dakota? I, I, <laughs> I have no idea. Big Blue Black Bash. Hills? I have no idea. Big Blue Bash tomorrow for those uh, in the Pac-12 country of Salt Lake City, Utah. Jeremy and I, happy to be a part of that, uh, along with Greg Rebell and Blaine Fowler. Yeah, let's party tomorrow, man. If you're local, come hang out. It's at Rio Tinto Stadium in Sandy, home of the Real Salt Lake. Still to come, Hollywood's accidental projection for the BYU-LSU game and the radio sideline reporter for the LSU Tigers Gordy Rush, a loaded was it an accident? Friday show. I don't know. Like Back to the Future I don't predicted know. a Cubs World Series win, right? Back to the Future 2. There was a score in a movie uh, that had BYU-LSU discovered last night by a Ute. We'll tell you what that score was. <laughs> BYU's leading. And the producer, like, who's the producer? Who's like, yeah, let's put BYU on the ticker. I don't know when this movie came out. I movie. We'll tell you coming up. We'll tell you coming up what that is. Now for your Friday headliners. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. 
BYU football held an open-to-the-public scrimmage slash practice yesterday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Head coach Kalani Satake spoke publicly for the first time about the unexpected red shirt news featuring linebacker Francis Bernard. Who's going to fill that spot? got a lot of guys that can play there. We've, we've worked with Adam Pulsifer there. Kujay Tapasol has been there. and We've had uh, Matt Hadley move there a little bit and play. I mean, Hadley can play a lot of different positions. He's got so much athleticism. I don't think it's going to be one guy. I think it will be a number of guys who try and fill that production specifically. Eventually try and whittle it down to a guy or two. I think Adam Pulsifer is your game one starter. That's what I think. Yeah, where does Matt Hadley sneak into that discussion after making the transition from safety up to linebacker, and Kalani Satake said he's having a hard time keeping weight off anyway, so it almost feels like a natural fit for him to jump up from safety to linebacker. Most people would hope that that's the case. Man, I can't keep the weight down. Okay, we'll move you over here, and then just you can play just eat to your heart's desire. Yeah, exactly. LSU head coach Ed Orgeron says he does not expect star defender Arden Key to play in the Tigers' season opener against BYU September 2nd. Key was second in the SEC in sacks with 12 last year. 6'6", 265. Linebacker listed on the NFL website. day one or two draft pick. Like, this guy is legit. If BYU doesn't have to face this guy in game one, that would be a big deal. Yeah, said he's not hitting right now, so does not expect LSU's top defender to play against BYU. They do have two weeks, though. Unlike BYU. Yeah, we'll was, see. What, their season opener is BYU, whereas BYU's second game in week one, because week zero is Portland State, is LSU. Well, listen, BYU's just a scrimmage anyway, right? He didn't mean it like Out that. Out of context. BYU's just a scrimmage anyway. <laughs> Cookies. No, yes, no, 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 no. Yes, I tease. Yeah. I tease. Bronson Kafusi had one tackle in a Baltimore Ravens 31-7 preseason NFL win over the Miami Dolphins. DeAndre Wesley saw time on the offensive line for the Ravens as well. Mitch Matthews and John Denny, the Dolphins' team barber, both played in the game for Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins! Yeah, Yeah, we went to one of their games, and we were were singing along like it was a family reunion or something. Those songs out of the 70s are amazing. Yeah. Eighth-ranked women's soccer tonight. Season opener! Season opener for the Sweet 16 returning team, BYU number 8 in the country, playing Penn State on the road in Happy Valley. You can listen to it on BYU Radio at 7 Eastern Time. Gregor Bell, Paige Barker, the AD, Tom Homel on the site. This is an important game for BYU to open the season. They won this last year at Penn State. We- but Penn State had five players playing in the U-20 World Cup that weren't on that team. They are back, so this is a huge challenge for BYU. Yeah, Penn State last season was a preseason top 10 team, but because those five players were playing with the national level, they weren't as good as some projected them to be. Now those players are back, but the coaches poll has Penn State unranked. What if I told you about coaches polls? It's the SID. The SIDs have... I actually think, though, in soccer that the coaches would be voting. Well, yeah, they care. Whereas in football, they are not. A lot going on. Yeah, you think like Kyle Winningham's going... Oh, number 17. But the writers have Penn State number one. Unranked in one poll and number one in another poll? The writers. Either way, big game for BYU to help their RPI and to hopefully kick off the season the right way. BYU women's soccer debuts on BYU TV Monday at 7.30 Eastern, 5.30 Mountain against another Big Ten opponent, Ohio State. The Ohio State. Please respect the moniker. How about that? I mean, we talk a lot about BYU football's early season schedule. BYU women's soccer early season schedule 
is also it fantastic. Is football as well. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU football season projections. We like to make predictions on this show. And most of the time, it goes kind of under the the rug. A lot of people forget about what we say. Some of you remember and call us out on things that we are wrong on. You know, the freezing cold takes, if you will. But for the most part, because it's not on record, then we're not held accountable. It's time that we hold ourselves accountable, Jerem. Fine. And make our season projections on the air, and we will revisit these once the football season has ended. If we remember to do that. Ben Bagley will remember. Trust me. If we're wrong, if he will it, remember. Yeah, he'll remember. <laughs> if it Even makes like three or four times looks, look dumb, people will remember. We will delete the footage from the internet. Everything from BYU's regular season record to leading rusher, leading receiver. Let's do this. Leading tackler and quarterback sacks leader. We're going to give you our official numbers. Jerem, lead us off with your regular season record. For the BYU football team. Nine and four. I'm going nine and four. I think BYU is going to have a successful regular season with some notable wins. Nine and four is my regular season proje- projection. I've been saying this for a while. Now, last year, we had a two-game difference. And they I met in the middle. You said nine, and they met in the middle. BYU which I said, that means they'll have eight because we met in the middle. We're not meeting in the middle this time. No, we are not. In fact, isn't the Vegas line right now at nine and a half, or is it nine straight up? I think it's nine straight. Straight up nine. Okay. I think. I'm going one over that. Ten regular season wins, three losses. Oh, I would love this. You know why? Because there are always a few teams that are not as good as we think that they will be in the preseason. And better. But typically it's been, when you look at like the powerhouse teams that BYU play, the, like the percentages fall for those teams not being as good. Lately, hype. Hype factors into this. So, I don't know. Maybe Boise State won't be that good. Well, yeah. Who, who's Maybe uh, Mississippi who's, State won't be top 25 caliber by the time BYU gets to October. Generally, teams aren't under-hyped. They would be over-hyped if hyped at all. My so, point so, exactly. Yeah, thus, the yeah, they're not going to be as good as originally thought. My point is that, which is why I think BYU really has a good shot to win 10 regular season games. Yeah, 13 games. That extra game with Hawaii is nice, right? Maybe you get to 10, maybe get ranked in the regular season. We're not doing all 14 games of the bowl game because we don't know BYU's opponent. So why project a win or a loss for a game whose opponent we don't even know? Okay. Regular season regular record. Season record. Jerem going okay. 9 and 4. I go 10 and 3. How about Tanner Mangum's pass production numbers? Okay, I go 3,400 yards passing, okay? And then I'm going 30-plus touchdowns. Whoa! 30. Whoa, okay, I'm so 3,400 3, yards is yeah, – that's, that's a good solid number, but 30 touchdown passes? Yeah, and these include these individual numbers, these include a bowl game. <laughs> okay, so that will help us out a little bit. Because we know BYU is going to play in a bowl game. Should yes. they get six wins, and they will get but six But you don't wins. want to project the win-loss against an unknown opponent. Okay, but I will do the stats. Against the unknown opponent. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know why. But <laughs> Tanner Mangum will throw for 30 touchdowns. It's been a little while since someone's done that, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last year, BYU, a BYU quarterback threw 30 
touchdown passes with 2009. Max Hall threw 33. To me, Tanner Mangum's the best quarterback BYU's had passing the ball since Max Hall. Does this translate to a AP postseason ranking like it did in 2009? Well, if, if BYU gets Mangum, 10 wins, if Tanner I'm Mangum thinking 9 which won't get you If Tanner Mangum throws 30-plus touchdowns, I don't know how BYU doesn't win 10 games. Well, it depends when you throw it. What if he only throws one against Wisconsin, one against LSU, but he goes four and five against San Jose and Fresno State? Like, there's no indication of how those came, just that they there were are, You mentioned two losses against LSU and Wisconsin. They could still win I didn't, 10 games. I didn't say that they'd have two losses. I'm just saying, what if he only throws for one touchdown pass? That's okay. that's okay. Yeah. That, throwing one touchdown pass in the game doesn't mean you're losing. Exactly. It's a good opponent. Oklahoma, Max Hall threw one or two touchdown passes. I can't remember. It wasn't more than My two. My point is, if Tanner Mangum is averaging more than two touchdown passes per game, be, BYU's no, no. chances of winning 10 regular season games are that much better. 30 is like 2.1 per game over 14. So it's about two, which isn't a high number, right? Like, I would, you think about a BYU quarterback, you go, three a game? Three a game. Traditional BYU offense? So two-ish would be good. Tanner Mangum threw 23 touchdown passes when he was the freshman of the year, according to the Touchdown Club of Ohio, in 2015, BYU won nine games. Yeah. I think that if he throws for 30-plus touchdowns, it's a given that BYU's going to win 10 games. Yeah. I don't, for me, I'm going to up you in the yards category with Tanner Mangum, 3,600 yards. But I'll put the touchdown mark at 25, which is two more than he has thrown in an individual season. 25-plus touchdown passes for Tanner Mangum, 3,600 yards. 3,600 yards is about 260 a game. With the back half of the schedule, I think Tanner's going to average over 300 yards a game in those back six. Average 300 would be awesome. That will help. In those back six, yeah, I think that's very, very doable. What about the leading rusher? This is When we get to leading rusher and leading receiver – then it's kind of a crapshoot. Not that we are doing that, <laughs> but it feels like that. We're rolling the dice on some of these guys because it's running back and receivers by committee. Ula Tolotel will lead the team with 623 yards, exactly rushing. 623 yards. Which will be a lowish number, but I think that BYU will go by committee. Like Squally Canada is the leading rusher for BYU football this year, 700-plus yards, okay. which averages out to 50 a game. I think Squally Canada can average 50 yards rushing a game, and he will be the guy. What about the receiving core? Because there are so many options. That Bushman, 807 yards receiving, will lead the way for Brigham. As a freshman? Yeah. If he's 807, he's freshman All-American. Yeah, sure. Wow. Put it in Sharpie pencil. (laughs) Talon Shumway, my leading receiver for BYU. You love those Lone Peak guys. Guy never drops passes. He too. I think 700 is the number. For the leading rusher, Squally Canada, and the leading receiver, Talon Shumway, both averaging 50 a game in their respective categories. But again, so many receiving options. Bushman, Moroni Lalupututau, Jonah Treneman, Bo Tanner, Micah Simon, could go on, Akile Davis. This is an interesting yeah, discussion. What about the leading tackler? It should be obvious, right, after the interviews that we've had and the trends that we've yes. seen. Yes, Mo Long, no. Butch Pau, 104 tackles. I'm going very obscure with my numbers just for fun. This is not new to you. You've, you've done this before. I get bored with just Several round times. whole numbers. Give me something interesting. Butch Powell, 110 tackles, is going to be the In leading one tackle game. for BYU. Quarterback sacks. We have the same guy here again. Numbers 
fairly different, however. Sione Takitaki will get uh, seven and a half Saki Sackies uh, this year for Brigham. It's too hard not to do that. Yeah, right. it, it really is. At TX Colonel, dropped it this morning. We've gone there, too. It's, just, <laughs> it's too corny. It's too easy. Cy Tautu led BYU last year with six quarterback sacks as a defensive end. There will be more pressure this in year. In the same position that Sione Takitaki plays. And Takitaki makes a living in the backfield. I think I'm going with his, his ambitious goal. He said, I want 10-plus sacks. Okay. 10 sacks for that's Sione Takitaki. That's not crazy. That's not crazy. Who's the guy we're going to be talking about in December who we are not talking about right now? Bo Tanner. We're talking a little bit about him. This is not to be confused with Bo Tanner. This is Bo Tanner. Does that make sense? The receiver? No, that makes no sense. The receiver you Bo Tanner. You need to pause longer between Bo and Tanner if you want to say Bo Tanner. Bo Tanner will be the guy we're talking about. <laughs> he's going to be a deep threat. He's going to be quick. Hopefully he stays healthy. I think he's that guy. I say Matt Hadley. Because of the Francis Bernard redshirt and Matt Hadley moving up, he has a nose for the football. He's all over, all over the football. And the coach is already talking about him making an impact. I think Matt Hadley is going to be the guy that we are talking about in December. What do you think, BYU fans? Your boldest projection for a BYU player in the 2017 season? That is our Twitter question today. At Doc Worley tweets in. Bo Tanner has over 1,000... USD is that United States of dollars? I think y, uh, DS, YDS. I think he meant yards. Yeah, that happens. But let's just say big money for Bo Tanner. Over a thousand yards receiving. Hashtag little big guy. Hashtag Speedy Gonzalez. He's quick, man. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. Uh, be a burner for BYU. Send in your tweets. Hashtag BYUSN coming up. New linebackers are announced to take Francis Bernard's place. And big deal, no deal. But first, the captain of the defense, Fred Warner. I'm Dave McCann. Tuesday on After Further Review, we'll look back at the 2015 battle in Boise State and we'll preview the opener against Portland State. Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan explain the game Tuesday, 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Get your gear at the BYU Store. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation is happening right this very second on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Yo, what up? Tuesday night is the beginning of Super Tuesday, the re-air of BYU Sports Nation, 6 Eastern, after further review, 7 Eastern, and then the debut of BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, hosted by Greg Rubel at 8 Eastern time. You can watch BYU TV. You can listen on BYU Radio as well as the apps. Very excited about that program starting up Tuesday night. Kalani Satake and a player guest every week. And then it turns into the basketball coaches show. BYU basketball with Dave Rose in November. It's game week on Monday. Yes! Which brings us to our next point. Hit it! Countdown to the Vikings. Eight days away. One week from tomorrow, BYU football will host the opening game of the 2017 college football season. Confetti next Friday. That's what that is. From Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I'm so excited. So the confetti cannons, let's recap the history briefly. Yes. Yes. Of the countdown? We started the countdown to Connecticut. Yes. In January, December. 2014. January 2014. I think 258 days away or something like that. Yeah. That was one of those ideas I regret bringing up. <laughs> it turned into a thing for sure. 
And I was in Connecticut when you, Brian, Logan, Brian and Logan were here to fire off the can, fire off the confetti, confetti cannons. cannons, not actual cannons. D- do not be confused. In 2015, countdown to the Cornhuskers in the BYU store. In the BYU, the I official feel, outfitter I still of BYU feel bad about the cleanup after that because they were like, "Oh yeah, you can do it," and it then we so did ex- it, and they were like, "Whoa, this is a big mess." And then last year it was in here. And there are still pieces of confetti falling from both the Connecticut countdown and last year's countdown so, to the Wildcats. So this will be the fifth year that we do it, right? Well, this fourth? is the fourth time. And we've only – yeah, we're going to do it at a, another place another, another place. time. Yeah. 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 Three different places for the confetti cannons. The stadium's a natural fit, okay? Yeah. Because the stadium's going to get cleaned up the next day anyway. All good. Well, it's not like – it's just on our set. All good. Every, it might go out onto the field. Who knows? We'll see. The wins and how they're projected tomorrow. What is your boldest projection for a BYU football player in the 2017 season? That's our Twitter question today at Nickley51 tweets in. Fred Warner will have 100 tackles and five sacks. With an extra game, stats can be padded. Warner will also get all American consideration. Sounds good to me. I like the boldness right there from at Nickley51. Speaking of Fred Warner, one of the captains for BYU football. We went two-on-one with him yesterday following the open-to-the-public scrimmage slash practice to talk about what it means to be a captain and what he thinks about Francis Bernard's redshirt and who or whom will step up to replace that type of production. Here we go. BYU football two-on-one, all access from BYU football training camp. Fred, one of four team captains, voted in by your teammates. I had a vote as well. I did vote for you as a captain. Thank you. Yeah, little known fact. Thank you. How has your role and your mentality changed since that became official? You know what? I don't think anything's changed much. I mean, just being being able to to make a little more decisions with Coach Kalani. And, um, but I feel like it's the highest honor that you can have on a football team. Me, Butch, Tanner, Tijon, we, um, I think it's a solid group. And we, we're here just to help this team uh, be better and make plays and and uh, be, there, be there for everybody. So, um, you know, like I said, high honor. A couple days out, now, like a week and change. Uh, what kind of urgency do you guys have as you get closer to the season at this point in practice? Yeah, so I think today was probably like the last final day of, of our fall camp, which is, it feels like it's probably been the longest one since we had since we had that early start. But uh, the urgency is for sure uh, picking up this upcoming week uh, when we have our first game. Um, but I'm, we're, we've all been super excited for the longest time. You know, we've, we've been pounding on each other for so long that we're ready to hit somebody else and we're ready to go. One of the things that you have to address as a team leader is adversity. And uh, when one of, your, one of your guys, Francis Bernard, announces he's going to redshirt this season, it takes a toll on the psyche of the team. So how has that affected you as a captain and as uh, one of the linebackers? Yeah, I think uh, obviously it's, it's a – it's a bad deal, you know. Francis, my boy. Um, you know, I wish we had him, but uh, I think it's always we always talk about next man up, and our team is very, very loaded this year. I believe we have a lot of talent, especially in the linebacking group, um, and we, we'll we'll find guys to to uh, take his place. And we there was already guys who were going to play, you know, alongside us, me, Butch, and uh, Francis. So guys are guys are going to step up and make plays uh, for us this season. Who are some of those guys at that specific position in the mix to get some playing time in the place of Francis Bernard? Yeah, I know Adam Polsfer has been running a lot with the ones. They moved, They just moved Matt Hadley over from the DBs to the linebackers. He's been doing great. Um, Isaiah Kafusi. You know, we have, a, we have a bunch of guys, and I think they're all going to contribute really well. Is Morgan Unga a guy playing behind you? or 
Okay. Yep. Morgan uh, is behind me, along with uh, a couple other guys. That's moved, they just moved Chaz, IU, uh, to the flash position. So they're trying to put guys in the best position to make plays. Is that your same position? Yeah, yeah. Flash? Yeah, Chaz, Flash, me, Flash. So, yeah. Essentially a week away from game number one. How sick of you, or how sick of your offense yeah. are you right now? Oh, I'm just sick and tired of them, especially Tanner. No, I'm playing. Uh, no, they're they're great, dude. You know, they we give them a hard time every single day just to make it hard on them because uh, we know that it's going to be a tough uh, tough stretch, you know, just for the whole season. And I think they're getting great reps against us because we're a great defense. And um, obviously, we want to get on to playing an, another offense and hitting another and being being able to actually hit other people. Um, so yeah, we're excited for that. I talked a little bit about the fact that. I don't think the guy that replaces Francis has to be Francis. I think the whole defense has to replace Francis. In what way maybe can the whole defense help uh, replace what he did? Yeah, I think uh, just doing what we do, I think we, we've done a really good job this whole fall camp of just being assignment sound and making plays. Uh, we have a lot of playmakers on this defense this year. Um, and so I don't think uh, a loss from one guy is going gonna, is gonna to hurt us too bad. You know, I think we have a lot of pieces to work together. When you look at the film from last year, let's say – in the bowl game compared to where this team is this year defensively at the end of fall camp. What's the biggest difference that you see? Man, from the bowl game to now? Hmm. It's a lot drier? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot drier. It was pretty wet. Um, I think our, our team's very – I don't want to say our, clean, our team wasn't close in it then, but just having a new year um, with the coaching staff being as comfortable as they are, you know, making these little changes um, to make our defense even that much better, I think – there's a is a real close in the defense with a lot of playmakers on it, um, like it's just having like guys like Sione back. It's, it's a huge difference, um, but yeah, we're we're looking really good. What does that do for your confidence as an individual player? It's huge uh, when the D line can get get home and get sacks and get to the quarterback or just cause pressure. Like that makes our job and the DB's job, everybody's job is a lot easier when it just goes from line to line. D line makes the linebacker's job and the linebackers make DB's job. So um, you know it's great. It's been it's been really good. The defensive line did a really good job last year. Give us an idea of what they are like this year in terms of stopping the run, getting to the quarterback. Yeah, I think, like you just said, like that, those are the main things that I think we're, we're preaching right now. You know, obviously using using their hands to get off blocks and and get to the quarterback. But you know, the main emphasis uh, is always stop the run first and then get to the quarterback on third downs. When you see your name on a list produced by NFL writers as one of the top ten college football linebackers. How do you embrace that type of news and that type of hype before your senior season? Yeah, I mean, it's great. Everything's great, you know, all the all the uh, the awards and pre, the watch lists and all and all that. But at the end of the day, I have my my own expectations are higher than anybody else's, and um, obviously, I'd prefer to be number one on every single list out there. And that's what that's my mentality coming into the season. I, I feel like I'm, I'm going to be the best player I can be and show everybody what I can do. So, so when you see number nine, you're like. Pfft. <laughs> you use it as a motivator. Nah, yeah, number nine, a little low. No, I'm playing. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I, in my mind, I'm, I'm always going to be number one. You know, that's how everybody's mentality should be. We saw Troy uh, Warner make a, a pick in the 11-on-11 today. How's he looking to you? Troy Warner, he's your brother. Uh, I don't know if you've been asked about him, but you, yeah, he played last year. He hurt his hamstring, but how's he looking? He's looking really well, man. He, You know, I feel like he's um, – one of our best corners obviously to me I feel like he's our best and he made a play today he's made plays all throughout fall camp um it's good to see him actually like catching the ball now instead of just you know trying to bat it down and stuff (laughs) um maybe that'll lead into the season we don't know but um yeah he he's doing really well
Let's be fair to the situation. You had your interception in practice yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, I did. I did. It was spectacular. You know, dove up or jumped up, one-handed catch down the sidelines. It was whatever. It's cool. <laughs> we'll never know though. We we weren't here for that one. We'll take yeah, you'll your never word see the for film it. or anything, but hey, you we'll just take, take my word, word for it. Trust me, you had okay. to be there for that one. Yeah. Okay. Hey, but you're going to play Portland State on this field next Saturday. What are the emotions that come to mind when when you think about that for your senior season? Yeah, um my last game, uh, my last first home game as a as a Cougar, it'll it'll be fun, man. A lot of a lot of emotions. I'll be flying around making plays, but it'll be fun. Fred, it's great to talk to you, man. We appreciate, as the captain, handling the tough questions. Yeah, no problem. BYU football, all access from training camp with the senior captain linebacker, Fred Warner. Federico. Which is his that's real his, name. That's his first name. Federico. I love it. So no R there. No. They just go not, up to Fred. So I, I think we should call him Fed Warner. While you, uh, it's not yeah. Fred or Rico. While you ponder that, BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, chew on that like a piece of bad beef jerky. The favorite thing that he said in that entire interview to me was, in my mind, I'm always going to be number one. Everybody should think that way. Then why is he number four, and why is Troy number one? Riddle me that, Spencer. Oh, technicalities. (laughs) Jerem strikes once again. Why aren't you number one, Fred? (laughs) If you're number one, why aren't you number one? Why is your brother wearing number one then? Come on, man. What's up with that? Got to stick with the number he started with, right? (laughs) Come on. Taysom didn't. Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. Junior you can always change your number if you'd like. Good grief. What you is, don't think he could have got it from his brother? What is your like, boldest projection here, for a BYU football player in the 2017 season? At R. Greenha with this tweet. Matt Bushman wins national award as best tight end. The Mackey Award. In parentheses, I'm still mad Dennis Pitta didn't win it. You can thank the mountain for that. You can that. thank the mountain. <laughs> Coming up, LSU sideline reporter Gordy Rush on how he feels about losing one of their star defenders and big deal, no deal. BYU football announces their backup quarterback. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back on a Friday, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan back in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, on demand, anytime, anywhere, especially on the weekend. It's game day next week. If you've missed any of our shows this week, get caught up. You need to be experts, and this is the place to become that. Win the water cooler chatter by tuning in to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, tonight, 8th-ranked women's soccer opens the season against Penn State on the road, 7 Eastern time. Listen to it on BYU Radio and the app. You know how when they list both polls and they say NR, not ranked, slash, and then if they are ranked in another poll, it's the number, like number 22? Penn State's NR slash number number one. one. I've never seen that. (laughs) That's super weird. Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Football, as we mentioned a few times in the show today, held an open-to-the-public scrimmage yesterday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Kalani Satake expects a number of guys, including Matt Hadley, to step up and replace the production that Francis Bernard leaves behind due to his red shirt. LSU head coach Ed Orgeron says he does not expect star defender Arden Key to play in the Tigers' season opener against BYU September 2nd. Bronson, 6'6", 265. Holy, holy cow. Bronson Kafusi back on the field in the NFL preseason for the Baltimore Ravens. Last night, the Ravens beat the Miami Dolphins 31-7. Kafusi had a tackle. DeAndre Wesley, his teammates, saw time on the offensive line. For the Dolphins, Mitch Matthews and John Denny both played in the game for Miami. All right, my friend. Are you ready? 
or big deal, no deal. Big deal. No deal. It's been a while since uh, we featured the dill pickle ornament that Mm -hmm. was given to us on the set. And uh, a reminder to me every day that Jaron made fun of how I used to say deal when I got back to Utah. You say dill. (laughs) Dill. I've worked so hard. Yeah, you're good, deal. Though, man. You're good. Bill Steele. <laughs> That's a hard one, right? <laughs> Number one. Big deal, no deal. Bo Hodge. Named as the backup QB. No deal. We've known this going into the season. Spring ball. No, no surprise here. No deal. Yeah, no deal. If, if it were something else, it would probably be a little bit of a big if deal. If it was anyone but Bo. Yeah, it'd be a bigger deal, right? By the way, Coy Demers is the number three. It's pretty clear, too. And Bo it, called it him appear. the co-offensive coordinator the yes. other day with us. We need a co-head, you know, a Coy <laughs> head, which is a co-head with Ty. Two Demers, better than one. Number two. Big deal, no deal. Safeties, Matt Hadley and Chaz Ayu, no longer safeties. They've been moved to linebacker. I think it's a big deal. Matt Hadley is an experienced player. He's a senior. He's a guy who's played at safety for a while. His brother Spencer was a linebacker. BYU needs him there. Chaz Ayu is a guy who can make some plays at some point in the season. It's early. He's young. It's hard to be a freshman, step in immediately and make an impact. Chaz Ayu is a baller. He's going to be a big-time player for BYU in the future. Maybe as soon as, I don't know, the middle of the season, first couple games. There is depth at the safety position so why not move your two biggest safeties up to the linebacker position where you need some help because you've lost biggest the guy. safeties what do you mean matt hadley's not your biggest safety what do you mean uh meaning like the bulkiest safety right you said the two biggest safety matt hadley's small for a safety wait wait okay strictly wait okay the two heaviest safeties why not bump them up oh I, matt hadley's light i didn't think he was bulky anyway I hope this is a big deal because, as I mentioned in the A block, I feel like Matt Hadley is going to be the guy that we're not talking about right now, but we'll be talking about in December because of the role he plays helping fill in for Francis Bernard. So I hope this is a big deal. Number three. Big deal, no deal. Defensive lineman Kyrus Tonga getting hype in his first week of practice. That's kind of the most BYU thing ever, right? Like unproven guy, lots of chatter. I'm told, and I'll play into this hype, that, hey, Tonga is going to be a baller for BYU and quickly. So he wasn't in practice until Monday, and now he's potentially a starter and nose tackle. I mean, he's right there if he's not a starter. This is a big deal. I've been he's hearing, literally a big deal. I've been hearing his name for about a month now from coaches and from former players that, look, when he gets to practice, watch out for him. He will start at some point for BYU football. This is a big deal because if you come in one week of practice and you make that type of impact already on the coaches who are known for recruiting great defensive linemen, this is a big deal. He's a good player. Number four. Last one. Big deal, no deal. This from a Ute fan. Go figure. While watching Cheaper Dot by the Dozen, he noticed this on the bottom line. LSU, BYU, BYU up 19-16 late in the third quarter. This is a real thing. This came, okay, this movie came out in 03. That was a bad time for BYU, okay? But the Cougars are up three with two minutes to go against LSU. Also, Steve Martin there? Mormon? Question mark? That whole <laughs> thing? But first, let's look at this. Who's Waddell for BYU? He has 80 yards rushing. <laughs> get Waddell in here and get him the rock! No kidding. On the ticker below Steve Martin, Waddell. 
80 yards rushing, BYU <laughs> leading LSU 19-16 with just over two minutes to play in the third quarter. I would take that every day of the week right now if that actually played out. Also, big deal, no deal, a Ute fan watching Cheaper by the Dozen? I thought that'd be more of a BYU fan kind of thing. Another day, we'll Does discuss. Hollywood know some things? Like Back to the Future predicted the Cubs' victory, right? Yes, that the they World would Series. beat Miami in the World Series. And it was the year, was it the year earlier? The year after. Yeah. So, still, BYU-LSU, 19-16. I'll take that score. Get Waddell to BYU. Who is Waddell? Who's Waddell? What is it mean? What is your boldest prediction for a BYU football player in the 2017 season? Hashtag BYUSN. Up next, LSU sideline reporter on his expectations for the Tigers and Cougars in the season opener for LSU. Big Deal, No Deal on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Brady Industries. Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from the studio Bizzle on a Friday. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV beginning at 6 p.m. Eastern. After further review is the middle portion of Super Tuesday. 7 Eastern time, three hours of BYU sports content, starting with the re-era BYU Sports Nation at 6 Eastern, 7 Eastern after further review, 8 Eastern BYU football declining Sataki. Check it out, Tuesday nights, the guys break down the games, and it's the last time they have to review something other than a an actual live game. game from this season. Our Twitter question today, what is your boldest projection for a BYU football player in the 2017 season at CL underscore living? Tweets in, Johnny Linehan gets a first down. I actually well, kind of like that one, well, so I'm only going to give a yellow card. Well, hashtag fourth and no more. They didn't mention the thing that we don't like hearing. So they're good. I, don't, I wouldn't even give them a card. You, you give them a card? Go, I'm I would giving just a yellow give them, card. I would just give them a you foul. You know what they were doing. They played into it. They, they're fourth no more. They get it. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline, speaking of yellow, is the LSU radio sideline reporter Gordy Rush. Gordy, it's nice to have you on BYU Sports Nation. Thanks for having me, guys. I got to correct you though. So the the color is yellow, but we call it gold. Oh, here gold, on the gold. Okay. <laughs> What's the official designation for the purple? Is it just purple? It's purple, purple and gold. I guess the way it's okay. referred. Okay. Okay. Now we have figured out the most important thing Let's in get this it interview. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Gordy, for starting us <laughs> off on the right foot. Just out of curiosity, what is the average LSU fan's impression of BYU football right now? Well, I think it's a little bit of an unknown, and and then you see the double-digit number that Vegas has put up there, and I, I think that, you know, I, I think that maybe the fan base looks at this a little bit easier game than the coaching staff does because Ed Ogeron has spent time on the West Coast. Tommy Robinson, the running back coach, was at USC last year. They know how good BYU really is. They know that uh, you know BYU. Uh, these kids are a little bit more mature, a little bit older, and they just know how well coached they are. And so, I think the fans are probably looking a little bit different than the coaching staff. Coaching staff knows this is going to be a war. There's a bit of personnel news yesterday coming out when uh, Coach Orgeron said he doesn't expect Arden Key to play against BYU, per se. Uh, what, what's the expectation for when he comes back? I think he comes back week three for Mississippi State. He had the uh, shoulder surgery. Um, 
in in back in May, he has been going through a lot of drills, no contact drills, and um, you know, and, and one of the other things is his key's fantastic. He's a guy's going to be, I think, a top ten pick. He's an edge rusher. Um, is that uh, with uh, BYU, and then, and then you got Chattanooga coming up? Yeah, we, I think a target date has been state. You know, BYU is going to be a tough one, but you, you do have Chattanooga, which he would probably suit regardless. And you hope that you can have him back for state. If it's not state, then you go Syracuse, Troy. I think the worst case scenario they get him back for Florida October seventh. But uh, you know, uh, the good thing about Eddie's going to listen to the doctors, and it's really you know, it's each one of these shoulder injuries it's unique so we'll see what he can do what kind of an impact will that really mean for lsu football with key unable to play against byu well, I think he's no question is a dominant force. I think he was right there at the the school season sack record a year ago, and we saw what he did to the Heisman Trophy winner, Lamar Jackson, down in the Citrus Bowl back in January. Uh, but I will tell you, LSU's got two up and comers, and and uh, you know obviously LSU recruits well. Uh, Ray Thornton is a guy that is a, a second year player who's an edge rusher, more of a traditional outside linebacker, and then they got Kayon Chasson, a good uh, new, good Louisiana name but he's actually from Houston that uh, I think is the next Arden Key. He's more of an edge rusher. He's a true freshman. He was a four-star, five-star kid that got out of Houston away from Tom Herman and the University of Texas. He's going to play right away. So they'll go with these two guys, Ray Thornton and uh, Chasson, uh, on the edge. And, and, again, tremendous upside. They just haven't done it yet. I've evaluated BYU's schedule and made lists that we call 10-10 and 10. Each week, Arden Key was my number one defensive player BYU was going to play, and the number one offensive player and overall player BYU will play, in my opinion, is Darius Geis. How good is this guy at running back? Well, he's like the Energizer Buddy. Bunny. He just doesn't stop. I mean, the number of tackles that he bounces off of and he make you miss type of things, he's unbelievable. And obviously, uh, against Texas A&M, he set the school record. He actually bested Leonard Fournette. Leonard had set it a, a couple weeks prior and came back, and, and, and uh, he was able to do so. And I, I think what's exciting about this offense, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but now you go from a traditional pro-style offense in which you were just slamming him into nine-man boxes to Matt Canada is going to spread the football field. So Tiger fans are real excited about what Darius Geis will be able to do this year. We're talking about an NFL first-round running back, which has been uncommon lately when we talk about Leonard Fournette. There are some that say Darius Geis is better than Leonard Fournette. Where do you stand on that, I guess, debate? Yeah, it's really hard. I think they're different. I think Leonard is more of a, a pro-style running back, and Geis is a little bit more versatile. And I think that, that, again, if you spread the football field, he's so elusive. And the second play from scrimmage on the, the scrimmage last Saturday, ones-on-ones, he took it 78 yards, just uh, basically a zone read play, and he, and he was able to bust it. I mean, you go back and look at the highlight film from a year ago, big run after big run after big run. Uh, they're just different. I Yes, Leonard had the straightaway speed, and he had the power. Uh, Geis also has that straightaway speed, but but again, um, he, he's uh, a little bit. He's got more moves. He's a little bit more jittery, and I think he catches the football a little bit better. Houston is four or five hours away from Baton Rouge, if I'm not mistaken. Kind of a second home of LSU football. There's a lot of fans there. This game's in Houston, NRG Stadium. How many LSU fans do you expect to be in the stadium, give or take, and a percentage of the fans or whatever? 
I think it would be 80, 85% LSU fans. It was that way when LSU played Wisconsin um, a couple of years ago uh, for the opening game. And then LSU played Texas Tech in the bowl game. It was probably 65, 70%, 30. And then, albeit Lubbock is a, a full, what, 10 hours on the other side of the state from Texas. Uh, LSU is four hours down the road from Houston. It's the number one. Um, it's the number one. It has the most LSU alumni than, in fact, Houston has more LSU alumni in it than the rest of the state of Louisiana. Wow. To, to put it in perspective. Wow. And so it's huge. It's a big oil and gas place. And, and so it, that, that's why LSU wants to play in Houston. They, they, they like playing in Houston. It's a great uh, way to kick off the season. And then you get, uh, obviously, the Tiger Athletic Foundation, the, the booster, the fundraising arm. Uh, they... Um, they're able to go in there and, and get after it a little bit. How many wins would qualify as a successful season for Ed Orgeron in year number one? Well, that's interesting. I think nine. Vegas is right there. Shiny buildings for a reason. I think nine is probably you know a good number. Looking at at some of the holes that that, that LSU has, meaning that they you know how many people they put in the NFL. Uh, the, the, they graduated some people. They're replacing some real key performers. You know that being said, you could say the same thing for the rest of the SEC. I, I think that all the attrition to the NFL has caught up with a lot of people. Even Alabama, who I know has most people have preseason one two or three, this isn't as good an Alabama team as they've had the last four or five years because they lost, uh, especially on the defensive side of the football, a lot of key people. And so um, it's not the strongest that, that the SEC has. That being said, um, I, I think that you know LSU has a chance to, to play. They'll be in the hunt for the SEC West with Alabama and Auburn. A couple of things as Gordy uh, leaves us on BYU Sports Nation. It's gold, not yellow. And I think this is the year that LSU beats Alabama, Gordy. Well, I, I tell you, this won't be a ten nothing football game because we have a <laughs> finally you have a spread to run it for offense, and and uh, I think it's going to be a different tempo game. Hopefully, so we're up in Tuscaloosa this year, and uh, got a long way to go before then. Good stuff. Hey, we appreciate the time, Gordy. Fantastic insight. Okay, guys, take care. Gordy Rush on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. LSU-BYU. I've said this is the crowned jewel of a game in BYU football independence. To me, this is the best game BYU has scheduled. LSU in Houston, home of the Texans, home of Deshaun Watson. What? 85% of that stadium he anticipates will be LSU hey, fans. I think BYU will push it there a little bit. Get those tickets, Cougar fans. Up next on BYU Sports Nation. What's happening on the PGA Tour? We'll make sure that we're talking loud enough. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Gracias to today's guests, Federico Warner and Gordy Rush. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU football held an open scrimmage yesterday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They now turn their attention to Portland State. Kalani Satake says he's confident in the linebackers replacing the now red-shirting Francis Bernard. It's gold, not yellow, Jerem. LSU head coach Ed Orgeron says he does not expect star linebacker Arden Key to play in the Tigers' season opener against BYU. Cougars in the NFL. Bronson Kafusi had a tackle in the Ravens' 31-7 win over the Dolphins. DeAndre Wesley also saw a time on the offensive line for the Ravens, while Mitch Matthews and John Denny played for the Dolphins. 
baseball. Brennan Lund, one for five with the run scored for the Mobile Bay Bears and a 6-2 loss to the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Jacob Hanneman, uh, insert Forrest Gump joke. Jacob Hanneman went one for four with the run for the Iowa Cubs and a 6-0 win over the Colorado Springs Sky Sox. Volleyball. Tomorrow, blue and white game on campus at the Smith Fieldhouse for nationally ranked BYU women's volleyball. Number 10 team in the country, 1 p.m. Mountain Time. Cougars in the PGA. Daniel Summers Louder. and Zach Blair are both, shh, are both on the course in round two of the Wyndham Championship. Blair is two <laughs> under through 14. Summer Hayes is one under through 14 as well. Back to you on the seventh. Soccer. Number eight BYU women's soccer opens the season against Penn State today in State College slash Pennsylvania's version of Happy Life, Valley. University Park. The game can be heard on BYU Radio tonight, live 7 Eastern with Greg Rebell and Paige Hunt Barker on the call. Football. Cody Hoffman and the Ottawa Red Blacks play against the Hamilton Tiger Cats tonight at 7.30 Eastern. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. You need a most. DexterLaw.com. It goes to all the fans. We've weathered the offseason, the preseason, and Monday marks the beginning of game week. Woo! One week from tomorrow, BYU football has an actual game. Who was that, Ralph Wiggum? Go banana! Today's Twitter question. What is your boldest projection for a BYU football player in the 2017 season? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. At TX Colonel. Taki Taki will average one Saki Saki per game. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> at TX Colonel. That'd Dope. be 14. That would be an amazing season. At J Nails 21. Riley Burt runs for 1,000 yards. That's very hey, bold. Okay, Riley Burt could ball out for BYU. Any running back that runs for 1,000 yards this season is extremely bold. Insert yeah. name, 1,000 yeah. yards. I would, Whoa. I would say that's Brian bold. Logan bold. Uh, 2,000 yards, Brad Logan. (laughs) At YFangirl underscore JB, Butch Powell surpasses the BYU record for tackles in a game at 21 and breaks 110 for the season. I think he'll break 110 for the season. Smiles all around. Hashtag BYUSN. I thought the tackle number was higher, but 21. I thought it was higher than that. Our elite tweet of the day. Maybe it's 25. Mm. Our elite tweet of the day from at Kugbaka. Mo Longy turns into a fullback. He scores eight touchdowns in a game by bowling over defenses for the end zone because he wanted to go there. <laughs> if it's Portland State, maybe. Will Mo score Just a kidding. touchdown this year? <laughs> no. <laughs> Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Shows on demand on BYUSN.com. Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Kingsley IU. BYU Sports Nation, back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. BYU's up 1916. Cheaper by the dozen. <laughs>